Hey, welcome to the Like Father, Like Daughter podcast. I'm Paul. And I'm Ariana. Today we're going to talk about Star Trek Discovery. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the title of this episode is Digging Deep for Discovery. I think we're going to have to dig a little deep. But yeah. before we start, I have some corrections from our last podcast um, regarding uh, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. So the first thing I said was that the captain of the first Enterprise, or the first captain of the Enterprise was Richard April. That is incorrect. It is Robert April. Mm. So I'm making that correction. And then I also said that Robert April was the first captain of the Enterprise, which technically he is. So he's technically the first captain of NCC 1701 ship, okay? Mm. But um, Jonathan Archer is the first captain of the ship, first starship named Enterprise, which is NX-01. So that was in Star Trek Enterprise, Mm -hmm. right? So that was actually a test, or this kind of NX, let me just, NX means it's like an experimental ship. So that's what that was, so I was kind of around there. I also said that Next Generation is set in the 23rd century, is actually set in the 24th century. I actually think I knew that one. Oh. And you didn't correct me? Well, I didn't realize. You didn't realize what? That you should correct me? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, Enterprise is actually set, Enterprise, Star Trek Enterprise with Jonathan Archer Mm. is set in the mid-22nd century. Um, Or actually Enterprise, I'm sorry, Enterprise, the original series with Kirk is set in the the mid-22nd century. Oh. Spock... When he had to fight for, you know, the Ponfar thing, you know, mm-hmm. I said that he had to fight Soran. He had to fight Stan. Oh. Soran was actually in Star Trek Generations where Picard and Kirk were in the same movie. Mm-hmm. Soran was the bad guy in that one. So I had that wrong. Okay. Okay. So to Scott's, Scott, Spock's future wife, right? Or future intended wife in this. So they weren't married. That was his uh, fiance, mm-hmm. and that is also the same in Star Trek: Strange New Worlds. They're not married yet. They're not. They're just engaged. Oh. Yep. Um, and then remember, we talked about. Um, also, by the way, there's spoilers here. So. Oh right. Yes, yeah, spoilers. Sorry. Um, so, so far I haven't spoiled anything unless you have never watched Star Trek and then actually why you're listening to this podcast. But anyway. Yeah, that So, um, but anyway, you remember how I said a Hammer died? Yeah. Right? And then we had talked about, you know, are they going to bring Scotty back to Strange New Worlds? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Scotty did have a minor cameo in the season finale of Strange New Worlds. It was just his voice. I remember, yeah. Yes, okay. And then also Kirk's brother is George Samuel Kirk Jr. and was played by William Shatner in the original series in Operation Annihilate. 
because we couldn't remember that, so I'm kind yeah. of making a correction here. And that's the episode, remember, where um, Operation Annihilate, that's the episode where those flying creatures, those flying, like, egg-like creatures were sucking oh, under. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's where Kirk's... Um, so, actually, Kirk played his brother, and, like, again, though, it was kind of like, oh, my gosh, that's my brother, he's dead. And then, you know, then go on with the mission. Cause, yeah. You know, whatever. <laughs> it's just his brother. I mean, who cares, right? Okay, so, now that we've got all the corrections... Um, off, done with our first episode. Um, we're going to go into Star Trek, Star Trek Discovery. So just a brief overview of what Discovery was. Um, again, if you have not watched Discovery, you may want to stop this episode now because we Unless will spoil a bunch of stuff. We will, yeah, we will spoil pretty much from beginning to end of Discovery right, of unless Discovery. you are someone who doesn't watch Star Trek and you're just watching this for the fun of it. Or listening to it, then I guess that's fine, but fair warning. Right. So, Discovery uh, begins 10 years before Kirk takes the Enterprise. Yeah. Okay. And um, Michael Berman is kind of the main character. She's not quite captain of the of Discovery. Um, well, at the beginning, she was... She was actually kind of just like a... She was the... Well, she's, she was kind of like an... Well, she was a... She was a, uh, didn't she, she, she was wasn't like, a prisoner, she was like a... No, but she was like uh, Giorgio's first mate or first officer, I can't remember. Well, the very, very, very beginning. Yeah, she was not... She a, wasn't even a yeah, part of Yeah, she was just a crew team. member. Well, she wasn't even a part well, of Starfleet. she helps, you're right, she wasn't, she was a prisoner, wasn't she? She was like, uh, she did something. No, remember, she was on a different ship. It wasn't Discovery at the time, but it was on Giorgio's ship. Yeah. And she she had that whole problem with the Klingons and ended up starting that um, Klingon Federation War, right? Yep. And then, so that was kind of the first season scope where Berman has to kind of make up for things and, you know, she's kind of not trusted and Klingons are, we'll talk about that in a minute. And then um, and then the next season was about the Red Angel where they, they saw this Red Angel signal, you know, yeah. and then that ends up actually turning out to be something from the future, a signal from the future, which then sends them into the 32nd century. Um, and then, you know, also that Red Angel thing was about control, you know, like which is like, mm-hmm. I think, a pre-Borg thing. Um, yeah. Section 31 started at that point, and then they forgot about Berman being Spock's sister. So we'll get, we'll get into a little bit of all that as we talk about... about <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about some of that. Okay, so... Let's just get into a little bit of what we think is... Let's just go into the first season of Discovery, right? Mm-hmm. So the first season of Discovery, the Klingons. Yeah. Go for it. Tell me what you think about the Klingons in the first season of Discovery. They didn't remind me of Klingons. And why? Well, for one, they look different. Yeah. Um, it, They look kind of Klingon-y, but like... I'm trying to remember. The first season was a really long time ago. Um, but weren't some of them also gray? Yeah, there's different colored Klingons. And I'm not going to even make any corrections on this one, but I can't remember the name of the Klingon that was albino, who was supposed to be the oh, yeah. big leader thing. It just it didn't feel like the classic Klingon, you know? Like the Klingons that we know, it kind of... I know that they looked different back then, I guess, but 
even in the original series, the Klingons then looked way different than the Klingons in this series. Yeah, and then, I mean, they tried to explain that in The Next Generation or in Deep Space Nine or in one of the shows. But here's my problem with the Klingons in, in Discovery. Yeah. Every time they talk, it felt like they had a mouthful of cereal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. It was almost like the press, you could tell that the prosthetics were getting in the way, right? Mm. And that really took me um, a little bit out of the... Out of the, like, show. Out of the element of the show. Because I'm just like... Because it was always like... Oh, I mean, it was almost... It was... I mean, they were speaking speaking Klingon. Yeah. But it was almost like... It was almost like they were spitting every time they did it. <laughs> and I was just like, what is going on? Why... I mean... And then I just didn't like the fact that they were... Um, well, they could have been... Like you said, they could have been more like... Next Generation Klingons, they could have been more like... Even the original series Klingons, I know that you see them like a few times. Right, well, I mean, they almost, they were just like humans with beards and hair and... Yeah, but like, if they just did that with some... Yeah, with some forebrow... With some prosthetics, but they went all out for no reason. Oh, they went too far, they went like, they went like the other side of Klingon, right? I mean... They, I think they should have just kept with, you know, classic Klingon, also... They were like, I don't know, I just, when I think of Klingon, the first person I think of is, is Worf. Worf. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, and, and like, even though Worf was raised by not Klingons, humans, you know, he still gives off very much Klingon. But, and also the people that surround Worf when he's involved in other Klingon things, they're very, like, unique in all their different ways. And these Klingons kind of seemed all the same. To me. Yeah. I mean, kind of. Yeah. Kind of just, they didn't have a lot of personality to them. Here's the other thing I didn't like about the Klingons. Because, um, what's his face? Um, who's the one that was turned into, he was a human, that he, he was a Klingon that was turned into a human. I should really have that page up. Um... Oh, it was his start, his name started with a V. But anyway, I didn't like the whole fact that they're okay. Here's my problem. Mm-hmm. So, even in the next generation and discovery or uh, next generation and Deep Space Nine and Voyager, mm-hmm. turning someone from a Klingon to a human, right? Even all that DNA and genetic thing that they had to do to to do that, yeah, was like. Way advanced technology that even in... Oh, yeah, you're right. Right? It just yeah. took me again. It took me out of the timeline because it's like, okay, come on. I mean, if this was possible, right, even though he suffered, you know, greatly to do it, if that was possible, then how come, you know, all these other things that we saw in the other sh- shows, right, Yeah. that none of that was ever done, right? I mean, even in... Yeah. They, you know, Spock had to wear... A hat all the yeah, time. Yeah, he he wasn't able to just be human. Yeah, it's not like they could change his ears. That was something that started in what was it? Next generation, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean there was a little bit of that, but that's there wasn't. You know, it's it, it was like you know some of that, but it wasn't you right. Know, 
that wasn't extremely prevalent. It only became extremely prevalent until the later series of Star Trek. Right. Um, because the technology wasn't possible. So, yeah, that kind of took me out of it. And then... Um, I just think, like, I think that the entire thing with Discovery with Klingons was kind of a flunk. Um, I think that, it, it, you know, it it was okay, but it wasn't, like, it just, when I, I kind of, like, disassociated that their representation of Klingon with actual Klingons because it just didn't seem the same. Yeah. And so I kind of just, in my head, was like, well, it's a species, you know. Yes, it's Klingons, but it just doesn't remind me of Klingons. Right. Exactly. So, the other thing, problem I have with Season 1 of Discovery is the Spore Drive. This, and this, is, this, to me, is the only reason they sent them back to the 32nd century. Yeah. It's because the Spore, spore Drive was so advanced technology. Right? They are able to go from one part of the universe to a completely different part of the universe. Mm-hmm. Right? And if that technology had existed, I mean, so obviously the Federation built that ship. Yeah. Right? And I know they were testing it, right? Uh-huh. But, I mean, it was so advanced. It was so advanced that they couldn't even be in the original, like, they couldn't be in the original timeline anymore when, right? And like, they had to send them back because, well, right. this doesn't fit continuity. Yeah, right. And I'm like, <laughs> you're totally, and I think that was part of the problem with season one. Yeah. Now, season one. Season one was, I, I think my favorite I discovered was season two. But season one was like, okay, all right. Yeah. You know? I was like, Yeah, we'll see where it goes, right? Yeah. So then season two. Season two. Season two when, okay, which, it's the last, because I have a big thing to say about, I think it was the last season with the ship's, um, the computer. Oh, yes, we'll get into that too. (laughs) Okay. Uh The computer has, okay, so... All right, so season two is the Red Angel, right? So there's this whole mystery about the Red Angel because yeah. they see the Red Angel and they're trying to figure out what it is. Is and this the one where her mom comes back? Yeah, her mom comes back. Okay. And and I'm I'm not going to go into the entire plot because it's... There's right? a, there was a lot of seasons. Yeah, a lot of stuff in there. But let's just say, um, let's just go with season two, the Red Angel, then... The, then the only thing that actually makes this season palatable is the fact that the Enterprise shows up yeah, with Pike. And then now you're like, oh, wow, now I'm super interested, right? Mm-hmm. And then you find out that Spock and Berman are sister, or sister and brother, right? Yeah. And so then you're like, whoa, that's in- interesting. We didn't know about that. Mm-hmm. And then this whole season was set up to set. Which is another reason they have to bring the them into the... A different century is because it's not that's something that's not explained in the old series, obviously. Right. So. I, mean, I know it sounds like we're hating on Discovery right now, and there's reasons, but we we do and like it. Well, it's it's like we like it, but there's a lot of things in the show that could have been done a lot better. Yep. Um, I think out of all the other Star Trek shows, it's not. It's kind of bottom of the barrel. Yep. Um, which is why I'm like meh on it it's an okay show it is an okay show but anyway so so season two red um we get spock we find out their sisters the control thing was kind of cool so control was was kind of like a um this is actually where section 31 starts up 
Um, and then, um, you know, you have control, which is sort of like a, it feels to me like this might be a pre-Borg kind of thing. Like maybe this is how the Borg evolved, right? Yeah. Um, but what I think is cool how they, re this is what I, I actually like this part of discovery is what I think is cool is that they, you know, as discovery ends up going back into the 30s, it goes forward into the 32nd century, but then to tie it all up with control and with Spock's sister and the spore drive and everything, because if anyone had, so Spock had made the decision and talked to Starfleet about it, that they sealed all the records, right? Mm -hmm. And that if anyone, oh, no one could ever talk about it under perjury of being, you know, um, ex mm -hmm. like, you know, not perjury, but, you know, it was something that if you talked about it, you could be removed from Starfleet. Yeah. And so that, that is why Spock never talked about his sister, right? Yeah, because she was... Right, but the other thing, too, is if anyone knew about control, right, other than the people that did know, yeah. control could start all over again, yeah. right? And so I thought that was kind of cool how they, how they kind of... Tied it in. Tied all that in. And um, so they sent them to the 32nd century, right? Yeah, is that also the season where we find out about Saru's culture? Saru's culture, yes. That was, I thought that, that was, was really, really cool. cool. Like, okay. Saru's one of my favorite characters, and, um, and he's, he's, like, I like, I like anything when, when they get in depth about different species right. that we don't know already about, right. or not much of, and, um, and I really liked that whole, like, explanation of, of all of it and how it worked and stuff. Right, yeah. That was cool. And so then there's season three of Discovery where they're in the 32nd century and then they got to figure out why no one can go into warp again and the whole, mm -hmm. I can't remember what it's called. It's like the, it's not the Big Bang because that's what starts the universe. But um, <laughs> um, it's, are you talking about their like, the, 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 the I can't remember what they call it. The stuff that starts the ship? No, no, remember, nobody can go into warp anymore because... Yeah. Because the... Um, oh, because of the thingy-ma-bubber. Yeah, we'll call it the thingy-ma-bubber. There is a name for it, but we don't know what it is. I can't remember. Anyway, let's get into the details of what's wrong and what's right about Discovery. So let's well, go did with... You, did we talk about the third season? They just did. It was, it's, it was oh, kind, of, was it's kind of a throwaway season. Yeah, it was, a, it was an interesting season. Something that bugged me so bad so bad about that was the fact that the computer started to get consciousness oh, yes right? the computer gets consciousness and now has its own brain and you would think because they're like trying to decide well, what do we do and i'm like you get rid of it right like you do not want a computer with consciousness on your ship it has a mind of its own that's not something you want that's terrible for starfleet that's terrible for everybody on that ship it is so dumb and but, they've been through the same thing right and what bothers me is that the computer has more emotional depth than the trills ghost partner yeah <laughs> yeah it's a computer <laughs> yeah no kidding and i'm like okay so there's been episodes where the computer has gotten consciousness before another series right mm -hmm. and then they 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 get rid of well, it. Well, they immediately get rid of it because any malfunction that's like with the shuttle or like with with the holodecks, you know, it's like a like Moriarty getting consciousness in the in this next generation exactly. and the, all the doctor yeah you know, the detective stuff. 
Yeah. yeah, they're like, whoa, this is a bad thing. And then they get rid of it. But for Discovery, they're like, okay, well, we can trust it. You know, we just have to have it. It's like a friend. And I'm like, you know, yeah, and I get, I get, I get, like, you know, it's trying to send a message, but you can send that message. There's a bazillion without, different ways. Without literally like, how about the giving some, ship in danger. Yeah, rather, how about giving some of the other characters to development? But anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that. And um, then, then later, ahead. it does become a problem. And she's like, oh, doesn't she like almost explode the ship or something? I think so, yeah. And then... But then they talk her down. They talk the ship down and then they're like, it's okay. We it's understand. Okay. You're scared. You're and a I'm freaking like, ship. You're a computer. Literally. And it's like, that's like one thing that Star Trek is known for like... And there's always malfunctions. Star Trek is known for malfunctions. Well, every shuttlecraft show, every shuttlecraft, show, <laughs> the shuttlecraft. I don't know. I would never want to be on a shuttlecraft because, because every was, single time every it's sing- like they're gonna crash land on a planet or be stuck in some nebula. And then all of a sudden, there's like this species that's like gonna kill them. Yes, know? exactly. Um, would, and I'd... so it's like there's always malfunctions, but they're always supposed to be bad, and right. that they always fix them. This one is not fixed, and this bothers me because I'm like, you shouldn't have a conscious ship. That's not that's not a good thing, you know. No. Um, no, and so, no, no. I personally hope for the oncoming seasons that they realize this becomes a problem. You should, if you've made the ship to character, you can kill it, you know. Yes, but that's not humane. Oh, wait a minute, the it's ship's a, not a human. It's a ship. <laughs> mm, anyway. So that's a big thing. That's um, that I that kind of really brought me out of it because that's not something Star Trek does ever. Right. But anyway. Okay. So. Let's go into the first thing about Discovery. Let's just talk about, let's go into the first thing of uh, set design. Okay. Okay. So what about the set of Discovery and the design of Discovery and all these things do you like and what do you not like? I like the diversity in characters, although they don't go deep into them. There is a lot of diversity of different characters Mm -hmm. like how they look and stuff i know that's not set design but that is sure that is you know it's design of some kind when it comes to the set itself it's very boring in my opinion other than like a few times where um like saru's quarters i like saru's quarters yes and i think the development of we'll talk about the development of saru but his quarters and even his home world has been well designed yes it has um, but when it comes to the general, you know, the only, there's a few things I like. I don't like the ship in this one. I just think they could have done better. It feels very static. It feels, I mean, there's a lot of blinkies and it almost feels, it almost feels too much J.J. Abrams in a, yeah. in a sense. It, it, too much. I think they should have gone with something older looking considering. Considering its era. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and I think that, you know, they could have something a little more colorful considering the fact that 10 years later they have a really colorful ship. Right. Um, and so they could have done some kind of color palette, but their color palette's just kind of gray. And um, they didn't even go, you know, I didn't like that the technology was also looking very modern when, you know, in Enterprise they have tons of buttons and things. So it's like this doesn't really make sense. Um there was, I really liked the time where I think Book and um, and Michael were having, like, a hard time with something between yeah. them. And then they go to that casino or whatever it was. Oh, yeah, and that was, um... 
Was that in the future? I don't remember. It was it was in the newest season, but Okay. they went they went to like to to play a game of um Da Davo? Yeah, I think so. With the Ferengi. Well, it was, yeah, it was, I think it was Quark's, I think it was supposed to be Quark's bar in the future. I mean, he would have been dead, but I mean, you Yeah. know. But like, yeah, I get what you're saying. And it, it was like that whole, it was a, yeah, that whole place. I thought that was very well um, portrayed Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I get what you're saying. And it, it was like that whole, it was a, yeah, that whole place. I thought that was very well um, portrayed when it comes to like the rest of the general places, unless it was like a planet. I think that they could have done better. Like,
But um, other than that, I thought the cinematography was pretty good. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, let's talk about let's talk about the main problem of discovery, which is Um, character development. oh yeah, character development. Okay, so There's I'm like I just did a Google search just for Star Trek Discovery, right? And when you bring up that list of crew, right, of people who now all these people are great actors. There's Yes. no doubt about that, right? Um, It's just a matter of but the writing, the writing. the writing is just okay. So like I think the people that were focused on, so I Michael. think Michael Berman, right? Um, Tilly was focused on until they Tilly. till they retired her, right? And then Saru. Saru, and Um, then the, the, the uh, engineer. uh, yeah, Anthony Rapp plays uh, Stamets, right? Yeah. And then his uh, Well, the doctor, he was only Doctor. brought into it kind of like his character was only really developed His character's at the last only season. there because of the spore drive. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think, it, I think it was only developed really at the last season. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, there's book. And book, yeah. Book, I liked book because, I liked book, too. I mean, I, I, the problem is, is, I mean, his accent is so heavy, sometimes I couldn't understand what he was saying. That's true. Yeah. It does sound really cool, though. Yeah. So. Now, if you look at, now I'm looking at the Google, so... Um, So those are the main characters there. The main characters... Oh, and also, well, actually, no, we didn't get much character development with her. Never mind. Right. So, like, Oyen Olajo, I don't even know the name of her character, to be honest with you. And Google doesn't list it. <laughs> but They never said it in the show. they have said it, but... Oh, they have? Ronnie Rowe, who plays, I think he's a comm officer. No character development, other than I had a bad childhood. Yeah. Sarah Midich, Midich, I don't even know her character's name. It's not listed. Um, you know, and there's several others that are kind of just side characters that aren't listed here. Actually, most others are. The, the problem, so here's what I'm noticing. The ones that haven't, they're on the bridge. So in the original series, in Enterprise, in Next Generation, in Discover, in, in uh, Voyager, in Deep Space Nine, if you were on the bridge, you were important. You were a main character, or You're at a least main a character. side character that was known, Right. like um, like Solo, Yeah, right? or like um, like what's his name? Chekhov? Chekhov, even Scotty, he wasn't on the bridge, and Right, you know, well, he was, yeah, right, but he, I mean... I, I mean, like there's. There's tons of characters that if you're not on, even if you're not on the bridge, you're known about, Right. like, So so. I feel like the main problem with Discovery is that it does a lot of um, tell and not show, which Yeah. we talked about in our first episode. Um, It's just, they kind of, the characters a lot of the time are like, unless you're a main character, like... You know, the side characters, if they're like, well, we have a de development on them yet, they're like, um, yeah, life sucks. Or, I had a bad childhood. Or, oh yeah, no, my dad died or something Right. this one time. And then Berman's like, thank you for sharing that with me. And then they go on with their mission, and then you're supposed to take that as backstory. Yeah, and I'm like, Right. usually when it comes to backstory, there's like a flashback or... You know, like they go through some breakdown and You then know what there's I think a flashback. the problem Discovery writers have is they're afraid of flashbacks. That's true. Yeah. So 
like I was just watching Willow, right? And I don't I know you've never watched the original Willow movie, which was done in like the eighties. There's a TV series now, The Willow. And so, but they do a lot of flashbacks in that show because, because they're trying to develop the character's backstory. Mm -hmm. So they do some flashbacks. If you're afraid of flashbacks, you can't develop characters. Yeah. You just can't. You can't. Because you have to, under, you have to understand why they're on the bridge, why they're on Discovery. And without doing flashbacks and understanding, you just, there's no good depth to that, right? Just by yeah. saying something. I feel like the only good flashbacks we get are from Book. You're right. Book is the only one that does flash. They're, they're, because he... They did some Berman flashbacks, I think. Yeah, they did, because main character. But, like, right. other than that, there was Book who had flashbacks. Um, But that was because, like, you know, his planet exploded. Yeah. Yeah, I think... I think I think the writing needs to improve, and I think I'm a, I'm not a writer, but I I think the writing. So I think the other problem with Discovery is that there's just way too much action. Oh yeah, there's, I think that there needs to be more more moments of solitude. Yeah, there's like, no like and we kind of discuss we discussed you know, this a little bit in our first podcast, yeah. but the 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 action just needs to slow the heck down. You know, just it's like I think something that would really make this show better is if it wasn't episodic. I think if it was episodic, I mean, well, Stranger yeah. Worlds kind of shows that proves yeah. that out. But like if the, I, f- I think Star Trek just kind of is meant to be an episodic, in my personal. I'm trying opinion. to think. So Discovery, I think, is the first non-episodic Star Trek. Isn't yeah, because it? you have, you have. Um, you have the f- the first series, original the original series. series. Right. Then you have um, then you have next generation. That's episodic, but with a over, you know, a plot. There's a plot. Yeah, there's a plot. There's plots th- woven in. Yeah, and occasionally there's two episodes that are you know that's right, right after right. next, but it's not next episode after next episode. That's just one continuous story. Right. There is a time because it just gets really exhausting. There there are times there has to be like times when it just ends. Well, you know, when some when a problem is resolved and then a new problem comes. Yeah. Just kind of like next generation. We have a problem. Maybe we'll go for two episodes or three, but then it ends. Right. They resolve it. Yeah. And then, you know, it keeps your interest going like, oh, well, what are they going to do next? You know, like, well, we've ended this problem. You watch the next episode. Everything's be going fine until it doesn't. But, I mean, even if you didn't do it episodic. Okay, so let's take another show that... What's another show that's not episodic? Stranger Things, okay? Yeah. Not episodic, right? No. But... But there are moments when they take a chill. When they take a chill, but all the characters are developed. All Yeah, that is true. All the characters that are shown are developed other than, like, um, in the newest series, like, that one guy that was, like... Pizza guy? No, he even he was developed a little bit. Oh. It was like, um, I don't know. It was the guy that was working with. Anyway, there are some characters in there that aren't developed. They're just side, complete side characters that you see for like 20 seconds. Well, um, yeah, and you're not going to develop those. You're not. But... I mean like 20 seconds every now and then. But it's like 
other than that, all the characters are developed, you have a full backstory, but I think even in, in like, Stranger Things, even though it's not episodic, there are a lot of times where it feels like they've gotten a break, you know, and then that usually that break ends at that episode. Mm-hmm. And so then you, then the next episode, you know, you start with the occurring problem where it's like, you know, whereas a discovery, it's like cliffhanger after cliffhanger. And I get that a cliffhanger is supposed to get you, but it can be a lot when it's all action and stuff. My point was that is even that Stranger Things being non-episodic, everyone's developed, they could have done way more in Discovery to develop all the other characters that are on the bridge, right? And and they could have they've they could have done that, but the whole thing just even like this last season, the whole thing seemed even Stamets and the Doctor took a back seat to the whole freaking problem, right? Yeah. And then um, you know, so then it was just it was and even Saru kind of almost it was really a book in Berman. It really was. <laughs> the only thing that Saru had was the Vulcan lady. Right. So he's yeah. trying to yeah, he's trying to yeah, I mean, but I mean it was really just book and Berman in that last season. Yeah. And 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 then the Trill stuff that was going on as kind of a side story. Which and was I mean like, Tilly was gone and actually I think Tilly Tilly actually I think Tilly being gone took away from the story a lot. I did. I do I because I feel like I feel like Tilly provided that that happy feeling the happy feeling she was the happy part of it all right and that's the other thing about discovery it's so serious it is so serious Mm -hmm. i mean and then tilly was kind of like that one quirky girl that like was always happy all the time people were like why are you so happy right and she's just like because no one's happy yeah i mean she'd make jokes that were kind of out of place and then it kind of took you you're kind of like you know, it but made now, you laugh. Yeah, but now everything is so serious. The burn, that's the... Okay, sorry, just totally got sidetracked. <laughs> so when the, the whole thing in the 32nd century that no one can go into warp, it mm-hmm. was called the burn. Oh, and, you're right. And um, that was because Saru's species, you know, he had some sort of emotional... He was... Uh, I'm not going to go into it. The story's too big. Um, I think another part of it is that there's a lot of different side stories and it kind of just can bubble all into one thing, where as opposed to, like, when you have episodic, it's focused on one time and it comes up every now and then, opposed to, like, having multiple side yeah, stories. I actually going at have once. sometimes when I'm watching Discovery, I actually have trouble following. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I follow things really well, but I sometimes have trouble following what happens, why is this happening, what happened before, how does this relate, Mm -hmm. you know, and because I think they're just trying to mix too much in. Maybe it's really good story writing and I'm just not getting it, but I don't think so. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I think that there are parts that are good, but overall it is not a good Star Trek series opposed to a lot of what else we have seen from Star Trek, like Strange New Worlds, um, and opposed to like everyone else's opinions about deep Deep Space Nine and Enterprise, I think those are better than this. But Deep Space Nine has is one of the best written space shows out ever. there. It's amazing. The the dynamics of that show, and we'll have a whole episode on Deep Space Nine. But mm-hmm. that is a that an amazing is a show. Amazing, an amazing show. It's just. 
Um, writing is impeccable. Yeah, the writing on that show is just great. Sure, it had a few bad episodes, every show does, but um, the overall story of that show mm-hmm. was just amazing. I know was, some people don't like it because it's like it's not a spaceship. And that's it's why in they, space. It's in space, but I mean, that's why they got the Defiant. Yeah. But but the if you really look at the writing of that show, just the Is that pure... show episodic? So Deep Kinda? Space Nine is kind of episodic. Okay. Um, it has, it always had the running theme of the Dominion War, um, the Cardassian War. Oh yeah. Right. It always had that running theme, but, but there was it was episodic. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that was a, uh, um, and then the whole Bajoran, you know, temple thing and the mm-hmm. the you know the wormhole. Um, I think what, um, what, uh, I forgot the name. What? I forgot the name of the show we're talking about. Discovery? Discovery, thank Hi, you. Hi, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> we're going to talk about Discovery. Oh, um, yeah, I think that Discovery, what it needs is just, I think it just needs better writers in all honesty. It needs focus. It needs needs to be focused on... It needs to be focused on... It needs to be less political. Oh, my gosh. That is the other... Okay, so one last thing, because we do got to cut this short. Well, not short, it's long. But um, we... we, It's... There's so many... There's so much... Look, I I get... There's so much real-world political stuff in it that doesn't necessarily need to be in Star Trek. So, two things. Star Trek has always been about sending a message, right? Yes. So the original series was sending the message of what humanity could be, what humanity could be when we did things right, right? When we got rid of greed, when we got rid of race, when we got rid of all these things, right? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Great message, right? There was some, even in some of the shows, there was a political message in there some, to some degree. Yeah, there was, but they were usually based off of like, you know, political messages that have been mostly agreed on on this is good right like like basically like kind of in the way of that everyone could agree on where um where it's like how to be kind or something like that how to like what do you do when you find a race that you know like they have the whole system where you don't you can't go on a planet that's not you don't want to intoxicate the planet or intoxicate the planet well, we're, we're getting everybody <laughs> drunk no 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 <laughs> like you know you know like you don't, like, oh, don't want to you don't want to give them technology before they can because you want them you don't to develop want to a corrupt the planet corrupt the planet yeah, thank you intoxicated we, we, <laughs> i mean um, some of the plants they were intoxicated on the plants but anyway with enterprise not so much enterprise but i think with uh the original series and 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 uh, Next Generation, Deep Space Nine for sure, and a little bit of Voyager, the messages were current, right? They, mm-hmm. were, they were current, but they, they, were, they were things that, yes, like you said, they were not divisive. Yeah. Too much. There was a couple that were. There, were. there was a couple, but it wasn't like to the point where they're also trying to shove it in your face. Right. And uh, yes, you're right. They were not. They were not trying to shove it in your face. They were kind so of like much. it was like each character kind of sent their own message. Right. They had their own opinions, and when it came to Star Trek, they would send a message, but it was faint. 
Right. It was it was like you knew that that was the message, but they're not straight up saying this is a message that we're sending. Right. It was shown. Whereas with Discovery and a lot of other shows I watch these days, it almost feels like they're screaming the message at you. They're like, you will accept whatever it is we say. Now, I'm not trying to get political here or whatever in one side or the other, but Discovery just... Just, just basically, like it's, it all, it's almost like a hand comes out of the TV and slaps you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> just, no. <laughs> and so, you know, that that's, sometimes it's just like, you actually come away going, really? Yeah. I and mean, really, did you need to tell me that? Really? And it's not even like they're showing you it. They straight up just say, yeah, right. this they're is not bad. Even, they're not, it's a, yeah, like, because in Enterprise, I can remember a couple of episodes where, the the message was sewn into the story. Yeah. It was weaved in like a nice, you know, like a nice quilt, right? Yeah. You got it. You saw it. You understood it. You you, you may not have agreed with it. But, but you saw it. You, but you saw you it. Saw and it. the episode was still good. You either agree or don't agree. And it's just one part of the story where it's like, okay, right. well, you can move on. But when it comes to Discovery, they shove it in your face. Right. When it's, it's Discovery is like being on a Nickelodeon show and the slime just falls on you. Yeah. Right. Yep. Okay, I'm covered in slime. Thanks very much. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah, that's what... And that's... I think that's one thing that really kind of takes away from the show is because they're so focused on showing that message, they forget to focus on the actual story. Yep, yep, it is sometimes... Yeah, you're right about that. Okay. Well, I think we... I mean, that's again, it. we like Discovery for the most part. Um, we watch it. Uh, we continue watch to it, watch it because it's Star Trek because we love Star Trek. We love Star Trek. There are some good parts. There are some Easter yep. eggs. There are things that, you know, if you want to know little things about Star Trek, watch yep. Discovery. There but is some fan service in there as well, a little mm-hmm. bit. Not like as much the as... the whole thing with Spock. Yep, Everyone not loves as much, Spock. Right. Not as much as Strange New Worlds, but, I mean, there's some fan service in there. But overall, I think that it is... One of the lesser good Star Treks out there. I'm going to try to not correct your grammar there. Mm-hmm. Lesser good Star Treks. It works. It okay. works. It's fine. <laughs> okay. So uh, I think we're going to end there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So that's the end of our podcast. Thanks for listening. We, uh, we do have our new um, podcast site up on anchor.fm. Um, I will put the link in the show notes, and you can get this podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple uh, Apple Podcasts. Um, we're on Pocket Caster, and we do have an RSS feed, so you can just add it into your pod, your uh, podcatcher and, um, and, and subscribe to our show. Thanks for listening, and uh, we are going to sign out. I think next, uh, we don't know what our next topic's going to be, but it'll probably be Stranger Things, I think, or what are you thinking? Oh, Wednesday, yeah. Because we just we both just finished, finished Wednesday, Wednesday okay. and it's fresh in our brains. Yep, so. we'll probably do Wednesday, but maybe not on a Wednesday. We might do it on a Tuesday to really mess you up. <laughs> so, anyway, well, thanks for listening, uh, and we will see you later. Bye. Bye.